The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mesorowski. It'll be a day of heavy cleanup across the southeast after Adalia hammered South Carolina and Georgia after wreaking havoc on the Big Bend of Florida. M. Wynn has more on the storm's aftermath from St. Petersburg, Florida. Storm surge inundating Charleston, the waters breaching the seawall, flooding the city's historic downtown, Market Street underwater. The tide level at Charleston Harbor peaking at over nine feet, the fifth highest on record, the supermoon helping fuel the high tide. Idalia spawning multiple tornadoes nearby. Down in Georgia, no major flooding in Savannah, but strong winds downing trees, more than 130. 60,000 power outages reported in the state last night. That is uh, lots of people still without power. WBEN's Tom Puckett speaking to some Western New York natives who rode out the storm. Martha Megan and her husband live in an area marked for evacuation in suburban St. Petersburg. They highly recommend that you get away before the storm comes. And it can be as short as 10 miles, just more inland where you were, you know, not in the flood zone, as it were. Or you can stay and pray that you don't have any kind of a medical emergency or there's not a problem with your building um, because you're not going to get any uh, first responders to come. Megan says she was lucky the storm veered to the west as it headed north. Her condominium has no flooding from the storm. Ray Collins lives in Sarasota, and the storm did not take aim at the Tampa Bay area, but his region did not get off scot-free. There were 10,000 power outages in Sarasota and Manatee County. Also, uh, St. Armand's Circle, the popular commercial business district here, it's close to the Gulf of Mexico, and it is flooded right now. Uh, also, uh, schools were closed for the day. Would Collins prefer a hurricane or a blizzard? And it can get pretty toasty down here, so there, there, there's no winners, but I guess if I had to choose... I prefer being too warm than, than too cold, Tom. He notes preparations are similar. You can hear more from both online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thanks. We're asking you at WBEN.com, how much of a factor do hurricanes play in your perceptions, possibilities, or realities of living in Florida? A lot, somewhat, or not at all? Right now, 47%, the biggest block of voters, say a lot. You can check in with us on the right side of our page at WBEN.com. Well, the start of the school year, just around the corner. It is the last day of August, by the way. Kids across western New York ready to go. And in Buffalo, there's a focus on stopping bullying problems before they start. WBEN's Max Ferry has more. The Board of Education for Buffalo Public Schools will soon be analyzing data from each school in their district to assure that they are adhering to state regulations that address handling and reporting bullying. The Buffalo Public School Board passed a resolution that requests school administrators give information to the board that is required to be reported by New York State through the Dignity for All Students Act, or TASA. School board member at large Larry Scott breaks down what this resolution will require of school administrators due by October. Requesting the district to clarify the process for training all of our staff on DASA, the reporting and resolution process of any incidents of harassment or bullying, and those incidents within each school, and then how they're handled within each school, and then across the district amongst our district departments and staff, and then the rate of harassment and bullying incidents per school and district-wide 
over the past five years. Scott says there were a few cases of bullying and harassment last school semester that were brought to his attention and fellow school board members that were significant. Last school year on May 17th, a 12-year-old boy died by suicide after what was reported to be relentless bullying by a fellow sixth grader at Martin Luther King Jr. School 48. I think discussing this, looking into the data, maybe tweaking some of our procedures and, and making people more aware of what the procedures are and their responsibility to report, I will then be much more confident that we are handling any incidents of bullying, harassment, or discrimination in an effective manner. This resolution also seeks to clarify who each school's Dignity Act coordinator is. Hear more at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Max, thank you. New concerns about the health of top Senate Republican Mitch McConnell, the 81-year-old, freezing up, seemingly unable to speak as he took questions from the media yesterday. It's the second time in recent weeks that he's frozen in front of reporters. McConnell is not the only politician whose age is raising concern. 90-year-old California Senator Dianne Feinstein recently Submit appeared it. confused during a vote. Just say aye. Okay, just... Aye. Thank you. And a new book about 80-year-old President Biden by Atlantic staff writer Franklin Ford claims Biden, in private, would occasionally admit that he felt tired. The White House yesterday dismissed speculation surrounding the book. That's Morgan Norwood with that update. Yeah, uh, a lot of people talking about that after yet another instance yesterday. Well, the FDA has sent warning letters to three of the top infant formula makers over quality control concerns. Chronobacter Sakazaki, a major issue in the letter sent to Racket Me Johnson, Perigo, and By Heart. While Chronobacter is widely found in the environment, it could be deadly in infants. That same bacteria prompted Abbott to shut down its facility in Michigan last year, leading to a nationwide formula shortage. The FDA inspecting that plant last year finding, quote, egregiously unsanitary conditions before the company addressed the concerns. Four infants were infected and two died, although Abbott maintained there was no evidence to prove its formula got the infant sick. All right. A lot of people interested in this because of shortages throughout right. the past couple of years that we've had. And now yet another new concern, potentially. Lionel Moise there with the report. A Canadian neighborhood was literally buzzing yesterday morning after millions of bees fell off a truck. Residents and drivers in Burlington, west of Toronto, were told to keep their windows closed as police launched a sting operation to recover the five million bees that escaped when the crates they were being transported in came loose and spilled onto the road. Local beekeepers were called in to help. I've never seen, I don't think any of us, you know, have ever seen anything like that. Local beekeepers, uh, most of the bees were recovered, they say. Some crates, though, were left behind for the uncollected bees to return on their own. We communicate by, by smell, um, by, by sight and all that. So they, they will start to communicate in those ways and, and figure out their, their way home. So hopefully sooner rather than later. They say they think several thousand flew away, but they're still hoping that they will find their way back. <laughs> Five million. Yeah. Imagine what that looks like on the I side of the road can't. or driving through that on, the, yeah. on your windshield. You have to take that to the car wash and then you see a snake there. So it's like you can't get away from any of the animals. It, it's Watch out. That is nuts. You could hear the buzzing in the background of uh, him yeah. talking. Just like, that's like, I, 
will never understand the life of a beekeeper, all the power right. to them. But I, one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is the constant buzzing in your ears. Not a moment of peace No, if you're a beekeeper. When you're just walking, it's right. like having tinnitus. You're just walking around, just constantly in the back Hearing of Hearing that all the time. Like, that's got to get annoying. Right. Um, Plus, what were they transporting these bees for, you know? Five million bees? Five million bees. It sounds like a lot, but I bet you when they're all, you know, shoved in their honeycombs. Maybe Whatever you call them. Yeah. They're, uh, they're pretty easy. to. They probably fit on the back of an S10. Um, Maybe. <laughs> but it does seem like uh, a lot to be bringing from one place to another. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Mostly sunny today with temperatures in the low 70s this afternoon. Another cool one tonight with overnight lows in the low 50s. Sunny and warmer on Friday. Highs in the upper 70s. Sunshine this weekend with highs near 80 for Saturday and Sunday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We're getting you ready. For the National Buffalo Wing Festival happening this weekend, Drew Serza, the Wing King, is joining us live this morning. Drew, busy uh, week for you. How's it going out there? you got to be loving that forecast. Oh, I love listening to the weather report. That's my favorite part of the week. <laughs> especially, so stressful. especially when it looks the way it does for this upcoming weekend. I mean, have you ever had a weather report that looks so in the clear for the Wing Fest? No, never sandwiched between, you know, beautiful days on each end. You know, you always there's always something that can move in. And um, this weekend looks great. When Mikowski calls you guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, give it to me. You know, it's good. So uh, it's been busy. It's been busy. We're third year at Highmark Stadium, um, home of the Buffalo Bills. And um, it's, it's a different type of event than at the Bison Stadium. And a lot of people say, oh, I haven't been there in years. And I really think this is the year to come out and check it out. It's, it's a new format. We utilize the whole stadium. You get to go on the field, run on the field with your kids. Uh, it's a great venue. Yeah, it really is. I mean, what an opportunity for people to actually be on the field. Today, 15 tons of wings are being delivered to the stadium. What is that going to look like? A, a big full truck. It's um, That's always stressful, trying to get all those chicken wings. And we order a special chicken wing as well. It's not like we shop it and get the best price. There's a particular wing from a particular farm that we get so the wings are are the right size consistent and when that truck rolls in it's like okay now we got a party you know fire up all the fryers today all the tents are already set up so it's uh it's go time yeah go time for the wing fest you're back at the stadium this year it's a cool event to get people excited for bill season two on the state really get you in that feel uh, where you're ready for football. What did you like about the move to the stadium? How is it going to be a little bit different, maybe if you weren't at the stadium last time, than uh, what you were maybe used to at Coca-Cola Field? You know, at the baseball field downtown, uh, the Bises were just tremendous partners. When the Blue Jays came in during the pandemic, they made a lot of, lot of um, modifications to the stadium, which really didn't make it conducive anymore for um, for a festival. The the, the uh, Highmark Stadium, it's so big. It's got so many different uh, assets to it between inside air-conditioned suites that people can go into. It's a lot larger venue. The upper concourse is where we have a huge restaurant row. It's very spread out. You're not on top of each other. It's much easier to get the wings, so the lines are much, much shorter. And then you can go on the field where we have uh, a big stage with live music and 
and we have all the crazy contests, including Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo going at it in the U.S. Chicken Wing Championship. We've got sponsors on the field like Empower Federal Credit Union and folks like that that have different tents that you have activated with different games and activities and giveaways. Um, so it's just great just going up on top, down on the field. Uh, there's just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, you've got so much space there. And, you know, like you said, you can spend a lot of time there, too. And this is local, national, even international eateries, right? Yeah, we've got uh, most of the restaurants are actually from out of town, you know, from Phoenix, Arizona to Dayton, Ohio, Connecticut, Florida, um, Phoenix. And we actually have an entry from Iceland. It's a guy that played professional basketball in Erie, Pennsylvania, um, or, or played college basketball there, and then pro ball in Iceland. Started making wings for his teammates. <laughs> Before you know it, he retired and opened up his own place. And he's got some great wings. Uh, place from Mexico, Wings Army, that comes in every year. Um, it, they're from all over, and there's over 100 different styles of chicken wings. And the thing about the Wing Fest is it's like we've got this little community of people that are really into wings. And you get to meet the owners, the people that created these sauces from all these restaurants. We had 46 different states represented from around the country last year that visited the Wing Fest. So you meet people. It's, it's, it's kind of like a little reunion. It's, it's just a, it's a fun, fun event. And you have restaurants from all over the place, as you mentioned, but who also use this as uh, whether they're, you know, winning, they're, you know, voted the best wing or just being a part of it. Kind of wear that as a badge of honor. You can see that, you know, hanging up in the restaurant. Well, you're 100% right, Brian. We have different um, uh, contests within the festival for different types of sauces. And when you win an award, you take that home. It is a badge of honor. It gives you some great marketing opportunity. And just to name a few. Um, Double Doves from uh, from Wyoming, uh, Josh uh, Allen's hometown, because of their awards, Guy Fieri came out with Diners, Drivers, and Dives. Another place, the Blind Rhino in Connecticut, a uh, local influencer there saw them win awards, went and tested their wings, and his best friend organized the um, the Players Super Bowl. What are the contests? Because people might want to plan their arrival around them. Yeah, there's contests all weekend long, but the two biggies, the Buffalo Buffet Bowl with the competitive beers, Joey Chestnut and Company, is 6.30 on Friday, on Saturday night. And right after that, we have the show Hot Ones coming out um, to do a, a wing roulette event at 7.30 after that. And then at 5 o'clock on Sunday is the big U.S. Chicken Winning Championship. And that's the one you want to see, too. That That's a that's a great one. And we have the uh, the MC George Shea coming in. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's It's a real show. The, you mentioned uh, hot ones uh, coming. I mean, they're almost as big of a draw as the wing eating contest. It's unbelievable, Brian. They've got 14 million YouTube followers. And for the folks that don't know it, they actually bring different celebrities on, high-end celebrities, and ask them questions. And they have to eat hot wings, whether they, you know, if they answer it wrong or they don't want to answer it. And the intensity of the heat steps up, and it, it, that's a lot of fun, too. Well, you've had a lot of chicken wings, Drew. I mean, mild, <laughs> medium, hot, but there's way more than that. What's, what's the, I don't know, most unique chicken wing you've ever had? You know, um, there's one that's called the Elvis. It's fluffer nutter and peanut butter with cinnamon twist. Uh, there's a cinnamon toast crunch, a plum sriracha I've had, oh, um, a loganberry black uh, a barbecue, which was really delicious. Uh, PB&J comes out, but my favorite is actually from Millie's in Ohio. 
Um, it's a blackberry brandy barbecue, and it's just delicious. That's got to be something. What's your go-to, though? Like, I we, I had this discussion last time I had wings, and my friend and I were talking. It's like, yeah, you know, all these flavors are nice, but when it comes down to it, I just like a, a hot buffalo wing. You know, preferably medium. I like to see what you got, and that's just, if I'm going to eat 50 wings, I want them to be all that flavor. What's your go-to? My personal go-to is going to be hot, but based on the heat, you know, like at Duff's, it's going to be a medium hot. Uh, bar bill, I like the Cajun honey butter barbecue. Um, that's my go-to there. Um, but I like hot, but not too hot. You know, I got to have flavor with it too. And flat or drum? Well, I'm a flat. I love flats. There's so many different ways to eat them. Yeah. All right, we'll go out together. I'll steal all your drums. Um, Drew, <laughs> thank you, and uh, we'll uh, talk again soon. Good luck this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. National Buffalo Wing Festival is back at Highmark Stadium Saturday and Sunday. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.